Thank you so much for listening to our podcast here at the Greenwood Church of God. We are so excited that you have found us here. Our prayer is that this podcast would enrich your life and give you strength for this week ahead. Thank you so much for being here. Now enjoy the podcast. Amen and amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is awesome. God is awesome. Hallelujah. I want you to go with me, if you would, to the book of Daniel. And we are going to be looking at a very familiar passage today. Thank you, singers. Thank you, musicians, for everything that you do. God is so, so good. So Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2. So Daniel chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at the <clears throat> thought as we continue this, this thought, this this. This week and next week, and I believe the next week we will continue. And we're going to be looking at experiences in Babylon. Experiences in Babylon. We're going to start in verse 27. We're going to read down to verse 29. So 27 through 29. It is so good to see you today. Um, We appreciate you being here. We don't say that near enough. And um, if you see someone that you have not seen... Let them know you've missed them today. You know what? We are the greatest mouthpiece. Amen. We are the evangelists. We are the ones that begin to share with people who Jesus is. And the easiest way to do that is by inviting them to church. So in verse 27, it says this. It says, And Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king hath demanded, cannot the wise men, the astrologers, The magicians, the soothsayers, show unto the king. But there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. As for thee, O king, my thoughts came into my mind upon thy bed, What should come to pass hereafter? And he that revealeth secrets maketh maketh known to thee what shall come to pass. Can we go back to 28? I want to read that one last time. And as for thee, O king, but there there is a God in heaven. And we're talking about Babylon, but look at that line. But there is a God in heaven today we want to talk about that thought there is a god in heaven in the late 17th century most of you know this story but i want to share it with you a man by the name of isaac newton not the fig newton but isaac newton he was a english um, physics he was a mathematician He was pondering the nature of motion and the behavior of objects. And legend has it that he was sitting under an apple tree. And he he witnessed the apple fall and hit him on the head. And this event sparked his curiosity. It led him to develop the theory of gravity. Newton realized that the same force that caused the apple to fall also governed the motion 
of bodies such as the moon and the planets. He formulated a theory and called it the laws of motion and universal gravitation which laid the foundation for the understandings of what you have studied and what I was supposed to study called physics. And when we look at this, we all have heard the idea of what goes up must come down. Before that, there was many different ideas about what would cause that. There were thoughts and certain theories, and they had thought that this was the way that it was supposed to be done. But there was a man by the name of Newton that brought about this groundbreaking discovery providing a mathematical explanation for the force that governs the motion of objects on earth and space. And Newton's work began to lay this foundation for mechanics and had pro profound impact on all fields of physics. And so today as I think about that story, I wanted to find something that would begin to change the way people begin to think about certain things. And I thought about that story, and this is the one I came across, and I said how he began to change and revolutionize the way people thought about movement and gravity and all of these things that begin to happen. And when you begin to look at how he discovered this and how the apple fell and it hit his head and it began to change the way he thought, I began to think about this story here in the book of Daniel. The Bible shows us about a man by the name of Daniel who was along with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, the nation of Babylon was so wicked and had many different thoughts and many speculations about how they thought life would happen or what life consisted of as far as gods and deities and beliefs. And so Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. And because of the way Nebuchadnezzar dreamed, he, he, was, he was bothered. The Bible said he began to dream about kingdoms that would come. Four kingdoms and an image. And you know the story. Or if you don't, you can go back and you can read. It is a vision of the history of the world. And so Nebuchadnezzar was bothered by this. And because of him being bothered, the way that he thought about life began to influence how he pursued the answer to his dreams. And because of the way that he thought about life and religion and dreams and spirituality, he began to go to all different type of sources. And then he got mad because they could not do what he wanted. And he began to give an edict or a motion, a command and said, if you can't tell me what my dream is, I'm just going to kill you all. You have to understand Babylon was an idolatrous or a, a, a system or a kingdom of idolatry. They didn't just believe in the Jehovah God. They believed in a plethora of gods. They had a mixed up view about what life was 
consisted of but then there came a man by the name of Daniel that began to change the way they thought about things and he said if you'll give me a moment to pray if you'll give me a moment to gather with my brothers and if you'll give me a moment to get with my God I will tell you anything you need to know and he steps before the king and he says it's not because of who I am but I want you to know you may have thought this way about relationship and religion and how things were created previously but King Nebuchadnezzar I want to tell you today I'm changing all of those beliefs and I'm informing you that there is a God in heaven and with one phrase and with one answer and with one moment he began to shock Nebuchadnezzar because what he used to believe in came forward and he saw that none of those things mattered but there was a God in heaven that knew what he needed so we look today at that thought there is a God in heaven I've looked at the the stars before and I've looked at creation and I've heard so many people say that how can you think that nothing created something And so when you look at that thought that there is a God in heaven, it should not be something that is what we would call revolutionary, but it actually was to this kingdom. See, Babylon, first of all, we look at their dream. Nebuchadnezzar in today's message represents Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. This dream is a prophetic dream image now some of us have had dreams before and some dreams are good and some dreams are bad if you're like me you were haunted with nightmares at times and you wanted to go sleep with your parents anybody want to say amen to that it doesn't happen anymore but it did when I was a small child I mean I'm not talking about today But you would have those dreams and those nightmares. Some may have believed the story that there were monsters under your bed or in your closet and your dreams would haunt you. In this story though, Nebuchadnezzar has what we call a prophetic dream. We don't believe that Nebuchadnezzar had a relationship with God because his thought process on religion and relationship with the Creator was all twisted. As we said previously, he had a belief that there were many different types of God. We come to find out later that he actually believed that he had achieved some of the things that he had done in Babylon. But here in this passage we see that he has a dream and the dream is from God and don't make the mistake to say that God is trying to do a great work and use him for his glory before seeing him converted to belief in him no God is a God that even to the unjust he tries to get to come back into relationship with him this dream did not just begin to signify 
that Nebuchadnezzar was righteous. No, it signifies that we have a righteous and a good God that is trying to get the loss to be found in him. For John even says this, it is the crux of the gospel that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I want you to understand if someone does not have a relationship with God, they can't really work for God, but there is a God in heaven that wants to get them and he may get them through a dream, through a witness. He may put somebody in their path, but make no mistake about it. It is not to get their mess ups out of the way and excuse them, but it's to get them to find a relationship with him so he can use him. And so we see that with Nebuchadnezzar. He has this dream. God is trying to get his attention. But as we see what Nebuchadnezzar does, or Babylon does, they begin to try to seek answers through their twisted beliefs. See, today we want to tackle the subject of the world's dreams and their pursuits. Because the world, like Nebuchadnezzar, goes in all different types of directions to get truth. We see Nebuchadnezzar, the first thing he does is he goes and gets the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans. When you look at this, this is an exhaustive list to show us that Nebuchadnezzar was saying if the astrologer doesn't help, then maybe the magician will. If the magician doesn't help, then maybe the sorcerer will. It was an exhaustive list to show that Nebuchadnezzar thought that he could lump everybody in the same category and just begin to get an answer and whoever gives the answer they are the one that I will reward but how many know that pursuit of truth does not work that way you can't lump everybody into the same basket Amen. Jesus does not deserve or does he get lumped in to the same basket with those of say uh, Buddhism or Islamic or witchcraft. No, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. But the world that we live in, like Babylon in those days, they thought that there was any way, there was many ways to God. What's the scripture? evidence of this well in Proverbs 14 and 12 it says there is a way that seems right to a man but the end leads to destruction we find this as an example in Exodus chapter 32 as they leave the, the Egyptian bondage they come to this place and Moses goes up on Mount Sinai and as he goes up he stays and they don't know when he's coming back down and the Bible said in chapter 32 of Exodus verse 1 they say come and make us gods that shall go before us in fact they were saying we don't know when Moses is going to come down so we'll give you all of our gold we'll give you all of our jewelry and you just make some foreign God so we can begin to worship him but the Bible still says the very first commandment is you shall not have any other gods before me. See, we live in a culture 
We live in a Babylonian culture that seeks answers from all different directions. They seek for spirituality in any way that they can find it. Whether it be a song or a movie or some kind of seance, they seek it through humanism, thinking that whatever is right in their own eyes is right in God's eyes. They seek it through self-improvement that says if it feels good, then I should just do it. But I want to tell you today, when the world is seeking truth and when the world is seeking answers, you cannot lump all of spirituality into one group. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were all a part of this spiritual group. But you cannot group the people of God with the spiritualists of this world. Once again, the first commandment is, you shall not have any God before me. We are not with the spiritualists. We are not with the Buddhists. We are not with the chanters or anyone else. But we are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. We are a peculiar people who have been called out of darkness and now we are in His marvelous light. You're different. My Lord, somebody say I'm different. (laughs) Babylon tries to group every spiritual movement in the same basket. You've heard me say it before. We can't pray unless it's in Jesus' name. We can't have interfaith meetings. We can't, we can't say, well, if you just put it to a good minstrel or, or music song or a minister song, if you, if you put it with a good psalmist or you put it with somebody that, that just makes a good and a joyous sound, it just feels good. No, it has to be the right way. It has to be it has to be something that says Jesus is Lord. It can't be something that says there's a million ways to God. No, there's only one way to God. Babylon seeks to put it in one basket and we must stand out and say no, there is still one way and it's the Jesus way. And so Babylon seeks for truth. We live in a culture that seeks for truth. We live in a culture that seeks for truth, but they don't know how to find it. And that's where the church comes in. Because when Babylon or Nebuchadnezzar lumps it into one movement, we must begin to stand up and say, No, King, it is not one movement. It is a it is a. It, 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 is not, it is not one movement of, 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 of enchanters and magicians and then these people that follow Jehovah God. No, you have to, you have to take us out and it's either, it's either Jehovah or no way else. It's either Jehovah or no one else. And when we do that, we stand up and we stand out and we begin to declare to Babylon that there is only one God in heaven that wants to reign in Babylon. Babylon. The Bible said that Daniel did just a few things, and I'm just going to get to them real quick. The first thing is there was a man that was that was set aside, that was set aside 
to go and kill all of the wise men, the astrologers, and the magicians. You go read the story. And in that group, we've already said Daniel was part of that group. Could you imagine Daniel being a part of that group saying, why are you trying to kill me? Why are you coming after me? I done showed you that there's something different in Daniel 1. But, but because Babylon doesn't understand it. They need us to continue with every day, with every moment, begin to, to show them that there is a difference between us and there is a difference between Babylon. Amen. We may be living in Babylon, but we don't live like the Babylonians. We don't look like the Babylonians. We are different. We are unusual. We are a peculiar people. Amen. Man, I don't know what it is, but it's dead this morning. And I'm just going to tell you. I want you to hear what I'm telling you. They're, 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 hey, don't let the devil miss. Don't let the devil, don't let the enemy cause us to miss out on what God is trying to show us. There is a world that we've got to go. It's infiltrated. It has come into our families. It's come into our churches. It's come into our preaching to where we begin to sidetrack and begin to whitewash and begin to allow several different things to come in just so we can be accepted and Babylon. I'm not worried about being accepted in Babylon. I'm worried about being accepted in heaven. I want to stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and Him say, well done thou good and faithful servant. I want them to know that there is a God in heaven. And so here is that man that's trying to kill them. Here is that man that's trying to destroy them. And Daniel does one thing. Daniel's sitting over here. Can you imagine sitting over here just waiting on somebody to come and kill you? And Daniel says, I got one thing I'm going to do. I'm going to speak up. I'm going to speak up. And I'm going to tell him, can you give me just one more chance? <laughs> Can't, you, you, you've gone to everybody else, but can you just give this Jewish boy and my friends just one more chance? See, the world needs to know that there is a church out there that has answers. There is a church out there that says, you've tried everything in this world. You've tried all the drugs. You've tried all the alcohol. You've tried every relationship, but there is a God in heaven and if you'll give us just one more chance, I believe your world can be changed. My God, that's good preaching. You might as well say amen. Not because I preached it, because I feel something different that struck me. I have felt it ever since I got up on that piano, but I refuse to let the enemy keep me from telling you that there is a God in heaven and there is a church here that says just give us one more chance. You've tried every dead religion. You've tried every corner, every turn. You've tried everything you know to try, but just give Give us one more chance because there is a God that specializes in touching people and changing people and making them new. My God, one more chance, one more chance, one more chance. He said, give me one more chance. And that guy said, what do you mean? He said, listen, I don't have any hocus pocus stuff. Boy, this is, we don't have, I can see Daniel saying, we don't have hocus pocus. We don't have 
incantations. We don't have, I don't have any rituals. I don't have a high priest. I don't have smoke. I don't have, uh, I don't have magic. He said, but if you'll give me one more chance, I'll tell you what I do have. I got some friends over here. You know them by Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you'll give us just one more chance, we'll go to our God. And I believe that we can describe to the king what he dreamed. And you know what they did? They got that one more chance. And there was a man that was supposed to kill them that was waiting. There was a king that was waiting. And there was a nation that was waiting. And the Bible said that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, they did not go to a camp meeting. They didn't go and figure out what the first, second, third, or fourth song was. They didn't go to Hillsong. They didn't go to Free Chapel. They didn't go to the revival that was happening around the corner. No, the Bible said that they went to something that we try to stay out of, and that's called the prayer closet. The Bible said that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel began to get together, and they they begin to pray. And as they begin to pray, there was a God in heaven. See, the Lord's already told us in the New Testament that if we ask, we will receive. If we knock, the door will be open. And if we seek it, we will find it. Jesus said, I am not like an earthly father that when you ask for a piece of bread, I'll give you a stone. He didn't say, I'm, li I'm not like an earthly father that when you ask for a fish, I'll give you a serpent. He said, no, but if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness I'll take care of everything else let me tell the church today there's something that happens when his church begins to pray see the fact, the fact of the matter is I believe God is wanting to send revival to this church and I believe that we've declared to the Babylon of this area that give us one more chance and we'll show you a God that can change your life but it will never happen if his church does does not seek his face. I mean, somebody, maybe you're like me. The Lord has challenged me here lately. The Lord has spoke to me here lately about this thing called prayer. Because I do pray. I love to walk and pray. I love to drive and pray. I love to do other things sometimes and pray. But the Lord is beginning to deal with me that maybe I need to pray a little bit more. Maybe I need to give a little more time and prayer. Maybe I need to be like Psalms 46 and 10 and say I must be still and know that He is God. God still speaks through prayer. God speaks through prayer in two ways. He he speaks through His Word. He speaks through His Spirit. And when He speaks through His Spirit, it will always be backed up through His Word. Let me tell you, it is time for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to pray like we've never prayed before. He said one more chance. He gave it to them. And they went and they prayed. E.M. Bounds said this he said prayer is not a little habit pinned on to us while we were tied to our mother's apron string neither is it a little decent quarter of an hour's chant while we refresh ourselves with tea this is what got me bread and butter because I love to sit back and drink all my coffee 
and talk to the Lord. But sometimes I'm getting so convicted. Prayer is so much more than that. God's not my homeboy. God's not my brother. No, God is the God of heaven and earth. And sometimes it is necessity. It is needed for us to fall on our face before a God and begin to say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Maybe sometimes it's, it's, it's needed for us to just fall on our face and maybe not even say a word and just say, God, would you just speak to us? Because there is a world that is asking for one more chance they are searching for the truth and they need to find a church that is praying Ian Bounds said this as well prayer is the greatest of all forces it honors God and brings him into activate when we begin to pray it's as if we Activate God in our lives. It's not when we begin to pray selfishly. Because the very first thing after, after praise, Jesus said you pray this way, thy kingdom and thy prayer is an act of submission to God that says whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, However you want me to live, I will live. Take, see, Babylon didn't know about that. Babylon didn't know about submitting to themselves and then uh, surrendering themselves and submitting to God. No, they thought that their gods would just go with them and act with them in however they wanted to live their lives. Doesn't it sound a lot like our culture today that we can do whatever we want act however we want we can go against the very principles that are found in the word of God but then we expect the very blessings of God to be unfolded into our daily life no there's some things that God doesn't bless there's some things that God doesn't say is honorable there's some things that God says if you do your home your household will not be blessed let me tell you Babylon and certain for truth they need to find a church that is praying to God and saying we don't need Babylon we don't need the scientists we don't need the wise scholars of this world we need you just for a moment would you lift up your hands and in a quiet form of prayer would you begin to just pray and say God I need you oh God And when they ask for, when they, when they stand up, they say, give me one more chance. They pray. And then the very next thing that they do in Babylon, they proclaim. Get this, they proclaim. And what do they proclaim? They don't proclaim that if you send your $100 in, you'll get $1,000 the next day. They don't tell people that are debt or full of debt if they can't afford it, just put it on their credit card. They don't say if you'll call this number and receive this handkerchief, your 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 cancer and your infirmities will be gone. No. When they proclaimed, 
Would you throw verse 28 up on the screen if you can? Because I want you to see this. He says, but, no, I'm sorry. Can we go back to 27? That was my fault. He says when he gets before the king, he said, in the presence of the king, the secret which the king had demanded cannot, look at that word, cannot. There's a lot of things that this old boy can't do. I can't save you. I can't get you to heaven. There's a lot of things that I cannot do. But there is a God in heaven that can do exceedingly. My Lord, if you're here and you've got issues, if you've got situations, if you've got circumstances that you don't know how to get out of, you don't have to call a TV preacher. You don't have to go to an evangelist. You don't have to go to a pastor. You can go to a God in heaven who the Bible said made heaven and earth. I believe with his hands he carved the ocean floor. And I believe with a flicker of his fingers he hung the stars into place. And there is a God in heaven that can take care of your circumstances. He can take care of your sickness. He can take care of your shame. He can take care of you. My God, maybe you're here, somebody. I don't know. Would you just lift up your hands and would you just begin to declare there is a God in heaven, my Lord, my Lord. I got to stop. I know I do. I went past my allotted time, but I want you to know that Babylon is seeking for answers. Babylon is seeking for answers and the church must show them that there is a church that is praying. And when we are praying, we're not getting our selfish needs answered, but we are praying just like they did in the upper room and when we come together and we're filled with the Holy Ghost we stand up on the balcony of life and we say there is a God in heaven that sent his only begotten son to see you saved not to see you live in a mansion not to see you have the riches of this world but to see you be transformed by the renewing of your mind the changing of who you are and on your way to heaven my God, stand with me if you would. Singers, musicians, would you make your way to the um, stage if you could possibly? This is Pastor Michael Mooneyham. I want to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We are so thankful that you chose to join us in this way. But we would also love for you to come and join us in person at 1102 Sergeant John Pittman Parkway in Greenwood, Mississippi. Our service time is at 1040 a.m. And we would love to see you here. Thank you once again for listening. We hope to see you soon. God bless.